seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 150 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 150 surprisingly good episodes, somehow, <laughs> still have my same man with me, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? We're going to need about 150. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I really, surprisingly one, good. That's encouraging. I'm just saying, when we started, I had no idea how people were going to respond to all this. Yeah, and when you start something, you absolutely never do. It could be you know, and much bigger, you know, performers and content creators than us have started new things and they just had it not hit. So, yeah, it's gonna get, like, I mean, that, there was what Dana Carvey and I think I forget who else. I would maybe it was like Dana Carvey had a big sketch comedy show that didn't hit. And you would think there would be no way that could happen. But it did. And not just that, like we got to 150 episodes and we only missed one week basically in the entire run that's a little insane <laughs> yeah that that is wild that that's even a thing so thank you to everybody that's helped us get this far because that's why you were dropping what was it about 700 videos or something just... yeah exactly with all the other work going on yeah so like you know 150 wasn't even a thought when we started it was like okay let's see if we can get to like 20 you have no idea because this is not the conventional magic in gaming podcast. So we didn't know if anybody wanted to hear non-conventional. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it, it's cool though that so many people have been interested. You know that we have patrons that care. You know that we've managed to get people's attention. We got to host an award show. You know, so it's it's cool to see that. You know, despite the early bumps and people being mad about what we're talking about or whatever, we've actually been able to create some positive conversations and get people interested in opening the door to those other discussions. Cause that was like kind of the goal from the beginning, you know, so that's actually really cool. But before we get into this episode, because we have quite a few things to talk about, I mean, we're going to be, this is going to be a good one. We're going to be all over the place on this one. Like we're covering a lot of bases this episode, but we get to do that in part because of our friends over at cardsphere.com. Matter of fact, if you maybe were selling stuff through TCG Player that that got bought by the Ebays this week, <laughs> there's uh, a whole lot of transactions going on. It's, it's wild, yeah. and and you're not comfortable. You don't know what's going to happen. Check out Cardsphere. Now you can literally name your price that you want to sell something for, that you want to buy something for, and it works differently because you're doing it on your time. You're not waiting for the orders to come in. You can pick who you want to sell to and when the orders go out. It's actually a whole different system that's worth taking a look, especially if you're a smaller time seller. It's worth taking a shot at. But you can find them over at Cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show directly, go over to Patreon.com slash Color of Magic, where you can be one of our wonderful patrons like Jeff Stumpo. So thank you for that. Like doing call out sometimes, you know, letting people know that we still appreciate them for being members. And then you can also go by colorofmtg.com slash shop and you can pick up some tokens and play mats. And uh, I'm probably going to be working on some other ones where maybe I got to find out what creature types are in the Brothers War because there'll probably be like golems or something that we can maybe do some cool metal versions of ourselves or something would be cool to get those done. So we'll see. But yeah, we have two different sets of tokens up right now and some play mats. So go check those out. And that brings us to... Our favorite segment to start with, the soapbox. And this, for me, this comes up because, you know, we're, we're actually we're going into our 20th season in our fantasy football league. That's been running for 20. We have. Do you realize that, Brian? We have played that fantasy football league for 20 years. I knew it had been a long time. So, I mean, it's older than uh, all of my kids. So it was just insane. Yeah, that's wild, isn't it? But it's the longest running one I've been in by far. 
Oh yeah, my others collapse after like three years. <laughs> and, and that's normal, you know. People move away, you know. People people get bogged down with family and you know actual real life. So it's I'd say probably average league length is probably what two three years. Yo, for sure. The cool part here though is it's a league that's made up of also gaming nerds, right? And I don't think people understand when you're talking about fantasy football, it's not that different than a lot of other games we play. There's a little bit of like research that goes into it or whatever, because you have to understand the players and, you know, the matchups or whatever. But ultimately, you're playing a D&D style game. Yeah. You know, you're tracking all the stats. You're trying to figure out what's better to start, which is basically your equipment. You know, like, which which am I going to put in my lineup versus like, I'm going to have this helmet, this armor, you know, whatever. But it's so sad to me to see people that are sports fans harassing the gamers and then the gamers being mad at the sports fans and even calling like fantasy football stupid or whatever. Like it's it's just another way to play games and enjoy the thing that you enjoy. Like this comes back to what we said before in the show. Just let people enjoy things. It's so hard for people to do. If it's not encroaching on your entertainment or directly stopping you from enjoying the thing you enjoy, who cares? Like, nobody's hurting anybody. Hell, some of these things even have cool big prizes that have changed some people's lives. Like, what is there to be mad at? Like, I get it. Maybe you're not into sports ball or whatever, right? Cool. But that doesn't mean you have to be, like, mad at somebody. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some sports fans that are just way over the top and kind of dumb. Like, let's be real. People don't even know. At one point, true story, the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium actually had a jail in it. Like, they knew people were going to get so dumb, they had a whole thing to process you so you could even have a trial and everything and get back on the road. Imagine what that council meeting would have been like. So we need a jail inside the football stadium. People are like, yeah, you're right. It's just it's Not like just that. They had a system set up so you could even completely be processed, trialed, everything, all before the end of the game. Because that doesn't happen if you've had one or two incidents. <laughs> you know, you're like, what kind of research? You got to have, I guess, whole judge, oh, yeah. police, all that <laughs> at the stadium. For real. Like, I thought it was made up when I first heard about it. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I genuinely thought it was made up. I was like, there's no way. But then... I also met a bunch of Philadelphia fans, and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, I get it. Checks out. <laughs> yeah, dude, I met a dude who was a hardcore Philadelphia, city of Philadelphia fan, like Philadelphia Phillies, Philadelphia Eagles. And he said outright, like, oh, yeah, we're asses. Like, he knew. Like, he wasn't even trying to defend it. Like, he was like, yeah, it's all true. And I was like, yeah, you know. But, dude, I told people, like, I have seen Eagles fans TP a kid in a wheelchair because he had a Dallas Cowboys jersey on. Yeah. It's I'm like, yo, y'all are y'all are rough around here. Like, it's one thing if you're coming after me, you know, an able-bodied, like, full adult or whatever, and you want to trash talk me away. To be clear, yeah. <laughs> you got to taunt people because they don't like your team. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's still stupid, but I at least somewhat get it. But, but to yeah. go after a kid in a wheelchair? <laughs> like, dude. So, like, if you're going after those people and you want to be mad at those folks, yeah, absolutely. The same way, even in gaming, like we have the people who want to try to be better than they are and trash talk people and belittle new players. Like, yeah, we all have our problems. But as a game, as a hobby, whatever, we got to let some stuff slide. It is not worth having those discussions and fights or whatever. It's just people enjoying themselves and finding different ways to have fun with their entertainment. So, yeah, if you and if you haven't played fantasy football and you're interested, stop on my Discord. We're thinking about getting one in there. So you, if you're even just a casual fan, you can come try it out. We're going to make it super low entry fee, just, you know, simple prizes. Maybe I'll work with Ultra Pro or something and pitch in some extra things. But, yeah, just something fun to do. And it's just enjoy. Let people enjoy things. That's all. All right, Brian, you're up. Whew. Um, that's the best way to make a, a long story short. But, you know, I was uh, re- reading some discourse at uh, Halver's Bridge over on Twitter had talking about just the usage of the term 
tribal in magic and i think there's a couple other games that use some form of that too and just realizing really that hey there's doing some research like yeah there are a lot of negative connotations around the term tribal this probably isn't a thing we should be saying not to mention the whole cultural appropriation issue of like hey you know this is not hey spirit animals it's not my culture you know tribal that that's not my culture that's appropriating somebody else's stuff and and you know, not cool. And if you've if you've offended somebody, if you've offended several people, like okay, what, that that's obviously the harm. What is the benefit? So I just put a video at just talking about asking, like, okay, seriously, like what is the argument for continuing to say tribal? If you have people explain to you that the negative connotations and the cultural appropriation, and yeah. Um, First, I was like, wow, this is, I'm looking, you know, just, just checking the stats. Like, oh, this is doing a lot of numbers. This is okay. The people want to talk about this. And I go to the comments and somebody messaged me like, yeah, you know what happened. They posted your video and read it free magic. Like, oh, God. Okay, I heard yeah. about it. You know, it's almost like the land, the, the elephant graveyard. Like, don't get, I had heard of Reddit free magic. Now they're in my comments, y'all. I heard of it. Now I have experienced it. And yeah, it's it's every bit as bad as what you have heard. Yeah, I've been told I've had some stuff over there and people have come for me, but like, whatever. Like, because here's the thing for me, like, just in my personal life, I've been through a whole lot worse than anything that somebody on the Internet's going to bring to me. And if you're just coming with dumb attitude or whatever, like that doesn't even move my needle. Like I barely acknowledge you exist and I am okay being liberal with the block button for real. So it doesn't bother me at all. And again, as somebody, you know, that's worked in journalism for 20 plus years. Yeah. I've had all the threats. I've had all the, the, the been blamed for you. It's your fault. So it's so lost. You're like, really? I wish I had that kind of power. Oh, I've had people up front even say like, oh, well, my business is one of the problems with such and such happening. You know, they don't like me, so they're going to threaten to do something to my business. They're going to do something to get me shut down. Like none of that ever happened. Like people are wild out here, man. I don't I don't get it. And again, still nobody has given me, you know, you know well, what do we gain? I continue to say travel. What, what is the bit? I've explained, and several other people at this point are in my comments that have explained what the harm is. Explain to me what the benefit is and why it's just so triggering for you to, to take one simple word out of your vocabulary. And yeah, it's. I've just been using the term theme deck. Yeah, that's a. That's pretty much, I think, what Madden would call it, you know, theme team. Yeah. And it doesn't change anything. It's actually shorter to say instead of tribal. So it's just like, uh, it's been fine. It's not that big of a change. Like, at first, it's like all things, right? Language changes and terminology changes. So, like, there is an adjustment period. Yeah, because as I mentioned in the video, I used to say it all the time because nobody had discussed the... Negative connotation, and again, some of the negative connotation is from, you know, Western colonization of Africa. So, yeah, I didn't even have that background till I did research. And again, we're, you know, color of magic. So, as we always say, like, there's, we have never claimed we have all the answers. We're just trying to ask a few of the questions, especially in situations when it seems like not many other people in gaming are. So, yeah, I... I'm yeah. not asking you about anything that I hadn't, you know, hadn't said or done myself. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that request. Honestly, it seems fine. It just seems like a very not even seems it's a very simple request. But for a certain segment of the magic playing population, Reddit free magic, it's triggering and it's too much wokeism. And it, it, you're, you're just you, you. I can't just one thing. Just not, not certainly not to, as I said, if you want to see the video to my channel, they warn you, as I've said, if, you, if you're familiar with Red or Free Magic, you know what the comment section looks like right now. But the funniest thing is they're probably also getting you a lot of views. That That is happening. <laughs> not the, that's not the way I, I was planning to get views or interaction. 
So I, mean, I did want to have a serious conversation, and we've gone. <laughs> now, to be fair, there are even people that disagree with me. There are people in the comments that are saying, like, I disagree with you. Here's my point. And we're having an actual valid debate. But yeah, there, there, there's a whole lot of just like, if, you, if you're coming to make the joke that instead of tribes, we should call them clans, don't bother. 32 people beat you to it already. Okay. But you know like, what, though? That's 32 people that get the hide user from channel button. Right. And then magically, nobody sees the comment. And then you get to show up thinking you're the first one. And then nobody will see your comment either. That's how it works. I'm telling you, that is one of the most brilliant buttons <laughs> in the history of the Internet. Right. Just like hide user from channel because they don't even know you can't see their comments. It's, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. I love it. That, that, that's that's where we are, folks. Ask for just one simple. But I, I asked one person. Okay, just I've been playing Magic for for twenty years. You probably play it for a long time. T- take us out of it. Imagine you're somebody that just walked into the card store or the comic shop, and you hear somebody having this debate, or you went looking for Magic videos, and this debate is the first thing you pull up. What Would you put yourself in their shoes? Would you continue? To, would you keep walking into the shop or continue to search for content for this game? I don't think you would. This person responded to me, if they're so weak-minded that they can't handle a single word, I say they should leave. So your response to a brand new player who wanted to learn more about your game is GTFO. Wow. <laughs> Just, yeah. For some of these folks. Wow. Way to grow the game. It's like I say, but, way but you know to grow the game. Some of this, other than, you know, general society in a lot of places having lack of empathy. I mean, we know that's a thing. Yeah. I'm realizing a lot of these people are also just not happy with themselves. No, they can't right? be. They're, they're angry at the world. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying this is every single one. Some of them just, you know, you have bad backgrounds, you're bad people, you lack empathy, right? Those people exist. Yeah. But there are a lot. When you talk to them and just get down to the nuts and bolts of it, they are holding on to the smallest things of normalcy, at least in their view, and familiarity and whatever. And if any of that changes, it's, it's soul crushing to them because everything else is out of their control. And everything is changing and they can't keep up. And especially right now, you got some people losing their jobs and recessions are happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people that just ain't happy and they're trying to spread that negativity elsewhere, too. And you it's know? always far easier to blame the other. It can't. Yep. I didn't lose my job because I didn't work hard enough or, or that I didn't, you know, get an education or take other coursework or get prepared for layoffs. No, it's somebody took my job for me. And that's what the problem. Probably it was some it was some immigrant. To that. That's how Dude. this is the mindset. Tell me about it. Like the number of people are still trying to convince me that, well, no, there's people that are doing everything right and they just never take off on YouTube. And I keep telling like, cool, show me. And I'll show you a person who wasn't doing everything they could. You know, and the same thing applies to a lot of jobs. Now there are some times like I'm a good example where I did do everything enough that I basically saved a whole department, <laughs> you know, like, and then I was like, oh, like that can happen. Now, again, they treated me fairly on the way out or whatever. So I'm not trying to turn that into a fight or nothing. So, like, just using it as an example that, like, it can happen, but it's not as common as people want to make it out to be. But, all right, let's turn our sights to some other things as we talk about one of our really fun segments of just, like, what did we learn? Because, you know, we like educating ourselves and we like to share the things that we find out with people. So what do you got, Brian? Yeah, a lot of times in, you know, entertainment and gaming specifically, they're the, the project. It's kind of the projects that don't happen that are as fascinating as some of the ones that actually do happen. And apparently there was going to be a huge open world Iron Man game done by Avalanche of people to make the Just Cause series of games. If you're, and for whatever reason, it just, you know, it, it never ended up happening, which is a shame because if you've, if, if you've ever played Just Cause, the character is almost Tony Stark without being Tony Stark. He has all this crazy technology. He walks in, he's a one-man army. He walks into a fortress and takes the whole thing down. For the, just put a, I think actually in one of the more, one of the more recent DLCs, he gets some kind of battle armor. So he might've just had assets from the failed Iron Man game and put them in there and, and used it that way. But that game would have been so much fun. And that's the, 
th- those are designers that I absolutely would have trusted to do that game. Just a huge shame it didn't happen, for, you know, for whatever reason. So are we talking like uh, like sandboxy style, like GTA first person? Yeah. Okay. Or okay. Just like, hey, you know, Mandarin or insert Iron Man villain is over here. There's his headquarters. When you think you're strong enough, just walk in there and take him out. Or, you know, you can steal cars. <laughs> you're just do, you know, and just... Just causes like that. It's very much a big open world sandbox where they give you this. Uh, hey, some some dictator has control of this island. You know, you, you get around to fighting him, but you're gonna probably spend more time jacking cars, jumping off of mountains, and seeing how far you can glide. And you just you or heck, you actually may never get to the main quest because just just wingsuiting and driving around and blowing things up becomes that much fun. And really, as we talked about, I'm okay with that. There That's are so interesting. Many- there are so many games I've never beaten and still had hundreds of hours of fun with just doing stuff that has nothing to do with the main quest. I was thinking like, oh, well, dude, tell me about it. I like I generally no lie played Fable 2 for like three months before I even got near a main storyline. Right. And that's only because like the third or fourth quest I decided to spend time on. I was like, wait, this other person mentioned this thing. And I'm like, wait, this must be something. And then, you know, I start down a quest line or whatever. Yeah. But I feel you on that. No, I was just thinking, like, how that game could be handled. Because I'm like, GTA sort of works because you can do boatloads of good and bad, right? Yeah. Depending on what you want to do in the game. But, like, I guess you could have done it similar to City of Heroes. Or I guess later it was, like, Champions mm-hmm. Online or whatever. Where there's, like, instances of a thing that pop up and, like, challenges you can do. And then, you know, the rest of the time, you just explore the city and help people and do little mini missions. Or hey, whatever. Say, let's be honest. We're talking about Tony Stark. There's times he does the thing that makes everybody happy. And then there's times Civil War happens. Sure. You can totally have like, you, you like, are you managing the business as well? Like, you got to make money to get more assets. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I, you know, I just cause doesn't have that, but that would be a cool thing. Like, hey, Star Enterprise doesn't have any money. You don't have any missiles right now. Yeah, exactly. It feels like there's a bunch of stuff you could have done. Because one of my favorite answers to the question, because everybody's like, hey, you know, if he's got this indestructible armor, why doesn't everybody have it? So they answer that in the Avengers issue. Somebody says, hey, Tony, why don't we all get suits of armor? Tony looks at him and says, you all got $7.2 billion? Fair, yep. <laughs> fair. <laughs> That's answered that question, dude. I tell people Batman and Iron Man's superpower is rich, right? Like, that, that, I mean, nobody wants to admit it, but like that's their superpower. And it's really a good power to have. That's why a lot of people, you know, don't give their characters that much money because once you reach like, you know, Iron Man, Batman, billionaire threshold, the answer to almost any problem is like, I'll just buy my way out. <laughs> yeah, and and that's kind of been my problem, you know, sidetracking here a little bit, but that was always my problem with Batman is DC never wanted to commit to his flaws. And that that always kind of bothered me. Cuz like He's a goddamn Batman, he has no flaws. Sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like whereas like we got to see it like nope, Tony's hot-headed. Like he's an alcoholic. Like he doesn't like he thinks he's right, you know, he's smarter than he is sometimes, right? Like whatever. Batman just like, "No, I'm just going to build a satellite and spy on all my friends." And people are just like, oh, yeah, that's a Batman thing. I'm like, no, you should. Why is that OK? <laughs> like, That is not cool. Well, he did get in trouble for doing that. Well, only because like the whole brother I thing went south. Like it wasn't for that. People were going to give him a pass on it. Anyway, uh, you, you see Elon Musk. People give billionaires a pass for a lot that, of things. That is true. That, that'd be true. Uh man, but I don't know. That sounds like it could have been a pretty cool game, though. Yeah, I hope you, maybe some point in the future they look at that again because he's one of the most fascinating Marvel characters. And for him to, if not, of course, I think about it. There hadn't been a good Superman game, and I, I want to say ever. Now yeah, I was about to say it. I don't know. I can't name one. Yeah, you think that would have happened by now? Of course, they can't do a good Superman movie either. We we, we could go on a whole we could do a whole podcast about their failure to, well, <laughs> to get Superman right. I didn't hate the ones from the eighties. Yeah, the ones from the 80s were great, but God, that's been 40 years. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But those those felt like reasonable character building, fun villains, yeah. you know, whatever. Those were fine. But yeah, I don't know. I I think even more interesting to those types of stories is I would be curious why those deals fall, fall through. You know, when you look and say, okay, it's a it's a good license. 
It's a company that already basically has three quarters of the assets to complete the job, right? They, they've got the mindset for that type of game. I'm curious, like, was there something that was said or direction they wanted to go that like Disney didn't agree with or Marvel, I guess? Disney is cranking out a lot of mobile games right now. I think they have just decided, Hey, phone games cost us less to make and they make probably way more money off of the microtransactions. Cause that's primarily what yeah. drives mobile games. That's probably true. And I mean, uh, they drop it? a new mobile game. I mean, look at the card game. I swear. They seem like they're dropping a new mobile game every two to three weeks. It seems like, yeah, it's interesting, man. I don't, I don't really know. I, I, those are the things that always have fascinated me about business, though. It's like not just stuff that you got to find out, but it's like why did things not get across the finish line? Because I feel like every time I find something out, there's an interesting story. Like I have to tell you sometime about it. We were actually working on a Godzilla trading card game at one point. Ooh, uh, and it just never. It was going to be through comic images, I believe, and it just never happened for a ton of different reasons, but. Yeah, just stuff like that. It's seeing behind the scenes and seeing that is actually pretty cool. Uh, mine is a little more somber, if you will. But uh, the Rona finally penetrated our house. So I uh, got my ladies quarantined in a room right now, though she's fine. I mean, you know, she didn't get any of the bad symptoms. It's just, you know, let's not spread it. That's good. But one of the things I learned is, man... Like and I, I sort of knew this, but I haven't had to use it. But the healthcare and the care for citizens in the Pacific Northwest infinitely better than anything I could have ever considered when I was in Texas. This is me not being shocked. <laughs> like okay, so first off, and I don't know if they just have this everywhere, but like we have different apps and stuff up here. So if somebody, and like this is kind of what happened to her, right? She had a thing that said like, hey, somebody nearby or near you or whatever has tested positive for covid you might want to check because whatever so you can sign up for these services that'll take care of that right and that's just all i think statewide paid for but even today she calls in and says like hey i have these issues it's what's going on so we report a positive covid test so they have that because you should do that and a lot of people aren't doing it but then they were like, yeah, we can send you some medication, whatever. It's only going to cost like, I don't know, like 10 bucks or something. And they were going to deliver it. She wouldn't even have to go out and pick it up. I mean, like, I did because I had time. But like, they were like, yeah, we can get it to you by like 8 or 9 p.m. this evening. And then on top of that, it's if you aren't able to work and do all this other stuff, whatever, because you have the Rona. They will send you effectively a care package. That's got like snacks, it's got like ramen, it's got bottled water, toilet paper, whatever, like all your essentials to get you through like a week. And I'm like, man, we would never have that in Texas. <laughs> Confirm, because we, we both like, uh, uh, other than my daughter, our whole house got it. And yeah, none of that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that we have like, it makes me mad <laughs> to live in a place that has these resources and don't get me wrong, it is not a utopia by any stretch. Every place has their problems. But there are way more things here to care for the public, for children, for education, for healthcare that, like, is laughed at back home. I'm always just, shocked at, at what people are willing to accept in terms of just like as we talked about the whole power grid almost completely collapsing last year and basically dude. nothing is done. It looks like most of the people that presided over nothing being done are more likely to get a coast back into office. Dude, it was a year before that. I was having a discussion with people who were mad that they were going to spend tax money to feed kids because they weren't in school. And I'm like, anything that feeds a kid, you should be okay with. We we used to be like, yeah, remember the Chris Rock routine, but you know, so we could all agree on all babies should eat. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, no, we don't all agree on that. I don't even understand how that's a point of discussion. Like, I don't care if I hate you, your kids did nothing wrong. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to want your kids to starve. Why Especially is that? Especially if you want kids to be born. You know, if you are adamant <laughs> that the mother have the child regardless, let's try to feed them. Amazing to me that it can be so drastically different. And you have people say, oh, well, how would we pay for it? And this is the thing. And like, but yet you see all the money that goes to waste 
or all the stuff they're spending on like the prison system and blah, blah, and whatever. And it's like, no, the money's there. You're just choosing where to put it. Exactly. And honestly, sending somebody a care package with that stuff is not that expensive. It's, it's like I said, it's simple snacks, bottled water, ramen, toilet paper. Uh, I think there's like some basic medications in there, like over the counter stuff. Uh, it, it's the whole thing maybe costs like 50 bucks to put together and then, you know, ship it to somebody. And it also, it saves you money because it's giving that person far more incentive to stay home and stop the virus from spreading. You can't even really put a price on stopping the spread of the virus. But that comes down to all the healthcare, right? It's like preventative care, blah, blah, all that, like keeps you from having to have those expensive costs. So I was just like, I knew we had some things here, but like to see it in action is just like, Wow. And it's super easy to use. Like you literally just call a number and then they're like, okay, cool. They verify a couple things and then you're golden. Like, I I don't know. It's, it's amazing that we can live in the same country and just have places that are so vastly different. Like it's, it's crazy. But anyway, let's get into our news topics of the week. So we've been talking off and on about Twitch and about how they treat creators and Spartan uh, partners and affiliates and all this stuff. And there was some very interesting news this week that Twitch. Well, I mean, really just sent out that they're ending exclusivity on the partnership deals. Now, exclusivity and the fact of any time you had a partner contract, you could not stream on another platform. You were dedicated only to Twitch. However, that's changed. Now they're saying you can stream on any platform you want and still stream on Twitch. Now, the downside is you can't simulcast or multi-stream or whatever term you want to use to be on multiple things at one time, unless the other things are basically mobile-only platforms. And so far, that's qualified, I believe, as Instagram and TikTok, which is weird because I don't know why you wouldn't allow all of it, but I kind of sort of get it. Anyway, uh, that would probably burn my internet down anyway if I attempted to go to more than two, more than one platform at a time. That's, that's fair. It might. So, yeah, so that's a thing. And people are kind of surprised by this. But I feel like we've talked about this a few times. We've been saying, like, you're going to see some things coming and how they treat partners and whatever. Because, yeah, because I mean, the competition out there is on. Everybody is, everybody that, that has some kind of social media is coming for their piece of the content creation pie. Yeah, and they've changed, you know, the the advertising rates and deals and you know, they've started introducing some different options. And I and we've said this before. I think Twitch is in a weird space right now, right? You are you're the leader, but that's a tentative position right now. Now again, I think they still have a long way to go. I don't think they're ever just going to go away. Hell, they probably get sold or cut loose before Amazon shutters them or whatever. So, like, I don't, I don't think Twitch is just going to be gone. That's never what we're saying. I don't want people to take that away. But I do think because of the landscape, because of discoverability and whatever on other platforms, they're losing some of their edge. You know, I, matter of fact, okay, because I told you before, like, one of the things they added on YouTube was if you're watching one of my videos and I happen to be live on YouTube, it'll pop up a little thing that says live, right? A little blinking red thing, and you can click on it. You can go straight to my live stream on YouTube which is brilliant, right? Amazing. Well, they're taking it a step further. Now, if you look at your own video on mobile, you can clip a short, a 15-second video out of your video if you want, and then share that. And then if instead of somebody clicking on it and it just takes them to your channel, it takes them to the video at where that clip is. Yeah, so I'm like, this is the stuff we talked about. Remember how I said, like, if somebody figures this out first, because I knew it was going to be either YouTube or Facebook, because Twitch was not going to do anything like that. And I said, if either of them figures that out, they're going to have the advantage. Well, right now, YouTube's got the advantage. Because not only are they finding... Now, admittedly, I don't think they have nearly the tools that Twitch has right now, as far as, like, their their uh, gifted subs aren't that great yet. They're still figuring out their remote situation a little bit. Like there's some stuff like that that Twitch just gets really right, you know, that and again, this is probably them having a 15 year head start that helps on, on really diving in on, on the mobile or the uh, streaming side of stuff. But YouTube is doing a lot of things and that discoverability is huge. 
getting people to go from one of your videos to the next video or being able to find you from a video to your live stream or whatever, that's something you're never, ever, ever going to have on Twitch. And I think people are slowly discovering how much value that could have to them. Now, the other question, this kind of, I was sort of thinking like, why now, right? Like, why is this the deal? Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But you did bring up on a previous discussion that they had mentioned before that it's expensive for them to host the biggest of their streamers. And that sort of got me thinking, right? Because I'm still a little confused on how you haven't figured out how to make that affordable yet when you have literally like, I don't know, some of these people have 20,000 people watching them and you're monetizing, but whatever. If they're expensive, here's a very sly thing they could be trying to get away with at Twitch. Now, this is a little bit dirty business, by the way, and it's all theory, but hear me out. What if the plan is, okay, we know you're expensive to have you on our site. And if we're exclusive, you're on our site like five days a week or whatever, right? Trying to maximize your money. But if you're only here, let's say two or three days and you're spending two or three over on YouTube, well, now we still get the same amount from your subs re-upping every month, but we only have to host you like 40 to 60% of that time. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds crazy, but like they might get more money out of these people by allowing them to be on another platform. Like that. And if you thought of it, I'm pretty sure they looked at it. Yeah, it took a while because, I mean, I'm like, okay, well, there, there's because, you know, when you see something that just seems out of the blue, like there's a reason like they're not just doing this out of altruism. Right. So that was like the first thing of just like, man, this kind of makes sense. That you've cut down the amount of bandwidth and everything and server space or whatever you got to dedicate to the person who's got 20,000 viewers per stream because they're only on 60% as much as they were before. So you're automatically recouping 40% of those expenses. So if nothing else changes, you already made money off that person going to another platform because most of those people are still going to re-up their subs if that person's on there for three times a week instead of five. Now, you'll lose some number of those subs, obviously, but you're not, I don't think you're going to lose 40% or more. So that that's actually pretty big for them. The other thing is too, and this is a, also a little bit dirty business, but one of the reasons people are jumping ship is because the contracts were big. Because think about it, every time we hear about like anybody who's gone over to YouTube or Facebook, it's always been like this person signed a $2 million deal. This person signed a $10 million deal, you know, whatever. Just huge numbers in the millions. But Facebook and YouTube or whatever were paying those numbers because they had to lure you away from Twitch. If you can just go there, unless you're now, unless you're going to have a hardcore exclusivity deal with them, they don't have to pay that kind of money anymore. So now, if you are one of those top streamers, the incentive to move just isn't there anymore, right? Because it's it's enticing when it's like, ooh, I might get like some multi million dollar deal. But if it's, oh, I might get to sign a small bit of money just to put some amount of content there now, like, eh, it's not that exciting. You know what I mean? So they might be somewhat protecting their own butts and slowing their descent, if you will, by doing this, which is crazy, but it might work. Yeah, because you you get to a point where, okay, you know, the money isn't necessarily the biggest thing you could do. What's the space for the top people that are making the the, the 1% of the 1%? Sometimes it's about convenience, you know, just making you some things like benefits, things like making my things that help me burn out less. Yeah. Like uh, in the entertainment world, because, you know, soap operas are obviously uh, losing ratings. Uh, Anthony Geary got to a point where ABC slash Disney couldn't pay him any more money. What they could do was, you know what, we're going to put your character in a coma or have you get kidnapped every summer so you can have the whole summer off, do whatever you want, film a movie, stay in your swimming pool, do whatever. That, that That's what that's another way to it. It's not always about money. Sometimes it's about just like what else? What else can we do for? that will help you out and prevent you from burning out and just, just in a job with content creation that's just easy to burn the candle at both ends and burn yourself out. 
I didn't know that. That's actually pretty of a baller contract, honestly. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I, I think it is all a money play for them. Now, I also think they're not done because they did say they're going to be more announcements coming sometime between the end of the year, like early next year. And I'm guessing this is going to be adjusting all the payout. Like nobody's going to get better than 50-50 on their deals because you've already seen that lately. Anybody who got signed a partner that I know of recently that I've been able to talk to and all the affiliates or whatever, it's a 50-50 split on revenue. Which, honestly, at that point, you're not getting much from Twitch anyway. Because from what I understand, they don't have the dedicated partner reps anymore. Right? There's no benefits for exclusivity, so they've cut that effectively. If you're still getting the same amount of money a partner you get as affiliate, there'd be no reason to sign for partner, which... Maybe in some ways they don't want you to get that big. You know, maybe on their end, there's a cost loss after you have more than, I'm making up a number here, but let's say over like 5,000 concurrent viewers. Maybe that's where, oh, hey, we want everybody to be at 5,000 or less, and then they can get their money elsewhere. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's true, but if there is a loss and they figured out where that loss number is, they're probably trying to come up with a business plan that encourages people to stay around the safe zone. Like get as close to max as possible to where you now become a detriment to us. We don't want you higher than a certain level. And that might just be the plan. Which is weird to say that, that you would not want some of your best creators to grow even bigger on your platform. But if you haven't found a way to make that cost effective, I mean, maybe also, that's... Also, way. somebody, you know, that's drawing 5,000 is infinitely easy to replace somebody that's drawing 30,000. <laughs> But yeah, that's a real, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, just, just be honest about it. You know, you talk about some way that's that 1% of the 1%. Like, have they have they fully recovered from Dr. Disrespect being gone? Probably not. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's probably true. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's an interesting play up and down. I don't know what the end result is going to be. But again, I don't think Twitch is just going to like, go under in like by 2024 or whatever like nothing like that i think they're still going to be around for a long while and there's not going to be anything wrong with streaming on twitch but i think as the other platforms catch up especially like twitch has some things like if you're on stream teams or whatever you can set up to where like your team can see your analytics and all this other stuff it's only a matter of time before this starts to become a norm on the other platforms as well and i think that's the concern i have for twitch is that as the other platforms keep adding to what they have and offering stuff, eventually they're going to catch up to you and they have other options like the stuff we've talked about on YouTube that doesn't exist on Twitch and never will. And that would be the scary point for Twitch, I would think. We're still a long way from that, I think, but it's closer than we think. And I, I don't know. But just figure I put that news out there. So, if, and, and honestly, let's also consider... This is coming at, you know, month four or five of the recession. Where you have some creators that were already starting to lose some sponsor deals or whatever. So they're looking to dip their toe in some other waters and make some extra money. So in some ways, Twitch can do this and look like the good guy, even though it's not good guy reasons that they're actually wanting to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes like, a man does the right thing for the rotary or a company. Yeah, but that could be it. Right. We heard the complaints blah, blah, blah. Like we know things are going on that you want to get a chance at some more money. We can't offer you that. So we're going to open it up so you can get money elsewhere. And we've and talked about how like the, one of the, the best ways to save time and content creation is if you can, if you can make content that you can use on more than one platform. Dude, I tell people do the work once, let it work for you twice. If you're not, you're doing it wrong. And now potentially three or four times, depending on how many platforms you can Dude, I can tell you today, out. I did a video for YouTube. I shared that video on, Inst not on it. Well, yeah, I did actually. I shared it on a on tick on Twitter and on Facebook, and and in a Facebook group. Then I went back to that video. I took a fifteen second short out of that. I shared that short on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. So I got like seven or eight uses out of one video. <laughs> like I tell people, if you're not doing those things, you're doing social media wrong. I tell people, this has come up multiple times in the last like three weeks. I told people the reason I even shoot my videos where when I do deck reviews, it's vertical 
It's to make efficiencies. So whenever I decide to share it on other platforms, I purposely don't do it horizontal so I can save myself time and editing and move stuff around and use it on vertical platforms. And it makes it so much easier. So like I can do the work once and literally while I'm already editing, I can just clip that chunk and go share it somewhere. It's amazing. People got to figure out how to do that because it'll save you so much time and effort. But uh, let's talk about something fun and positive here. I'm sure by now, Brian, you've seen all the stuff about Dominary United because it's hard to dodge it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is everywhere uh, nerd related right now. But, dude, I got to tell you, I, I'm i almost I'm like. Right on the cusp of saying this is going to be one of people's like all time favorite sets. I think it's that good so far, and we still haven't seen a third of the set. That is true. Like. I can't remember the last time we've gone through a set and said, all right, it's got all these different themes that it's covering between like humans and goblins and elves and legendary creatures and stuff that cares about enchantments and stuff that cares about artifacts and equipment or whatever. Right. So there's stuff for all types of decks, whether you're playing constructed 60 card playing commander, you know, whatever, like there's stuff for just about everybody already. But then it's like, oh, there's some cool build-around cards. Oh, these are some cards that we can put into existing decks that might be really cool. Oh, man, here's the thing that, like, it's so weird. We don't know what the hell to do with it. <laughs> there's a card coming, right? Like, every card seems like it has people talking or sharing ideas. And another interesting thing in this set is the uncommons have been as good as some of the rares in recent sets, it feels like. So no matter what your budget is or how many packs you have, you're going to get some sweet cards to play with. Like, I think about this set as like, man, I wish this was the type of set I was opening for the first time, like coming into Magic. Because I, like, because we all, and I think this is with most games, but for sure with Magic, there seems to be some nostalgia tied to the first set you opened, right? Because you learn the cards and there's like this whole world of discovery and everything is new and awesome. So you're always going to think about it being better than it actually is. But it would be cool if your first set really was a really good all around set. You know, so some people are going to have their experience and it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I feel bad for the people when they're like, oh, man, I remember Prophecy being so good. And everybody's like, ah, but was it, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, man, I remember whatever, like Ice Age being a man or whatever. Right. And it's like, it kind of wasn't, though, you know. But yeah, this this is so good. So good. Like this, honestly. Well, how many times have we talked about you like? Our experience on Magic Twitter or Magic YouTube is not the experience people are having at their local card shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. The experience they had could be infinitely different than what we had. And let me say this, right? I think the power level is also good, too. Right? There's some really good stuff and some really quirky stuff and stuff that seems like it could be good if you do the two or three things in your deck to make it good or whatever. But it doesn't feel like Eldraine busted. Because, like, I felt like Eldraine felt like the card was either busted or it was crap. Yeah. You the, know, the middle ground was, well, like, like the American economy. The middle class was not largely non-existent. Yeah. Well, because the upper end was so high that, like, if you were just medium, you just, just didn't have any value. Right? Whereas here, I feel like there's just a bunch of stuff that, like, there. I don't know if I've seen anything I would put at, like, a 9 or a 10, but there's a lot of solid seven, seven and a half eights in the set. And that's good because every single deck gets some powerful cards and some fun stuff, but there's nothing just insane. And I think that's the thing that has people excited. And, and you know, don't be wrong. I think they've done a lot of great things. I think new Capenna was cool from a flavor perspective and all the stuff they did around it. I think there's still some good cards from new Capenna, some that are going to get played now because of things in Dominaria and rotation happening, you know, frees up some space. And I think the people were excited about, Kamigawa, but and and this isn't taking shots at anybody, but like I got the vibe from a lot of people. It was more because it was like Japanese themed. You know, they're already fans of a lot of Japanese stuff. And, and you know, and don't get me wrong, they they wizards fed into that, right? They did the whole like anime trailer and all this stuff. And nothing wrong with that. It's marketing, right? You do the thing that's gonna get people excited. But I I think that was it. Because the set isn't bad by any stretch, like totally reasonable. But if you really break it down, the stuff like samurai and ninjas and where the things you wanted to be good in the set or not good. 
and we didn't even get good ones in like commander decks or anything. Right. So it's like, eh, for as much as people enjoyed the set or were hyped about it, a lot of the themes and some of the rares and whatever just really didn't tick all the right boxes. Like they came up a bit short. Whereas so far, I'm not necessarily seeing that. Like, I think even in my card reviews, I've only seen like three or four rares that I'm like, nah, don't really have much use for this. But even the uncommons, I may have seen a handful that I'm just like, yeah, we're probably not going to play with this card. Like almost everything seems like it has a place or a use or at least has a reasonable functionality that you could believe that you could play it. And that's pretty cool. I mean, not what I expected to get out of the set at all. I'm actually pretty excited about it. So I don't know, man. Have you seen anything in it yet that's caught your eye? I mean, I, I play Elves. So yeah, Leaf Crown Visionary looks insane. You know, obviously the, the traditional Elves get plus one, plus one. But, you know, one green, which again, how how hard is that for green to come up with? Not very. Put, pay one green to draw a card because obviously that's where, you know, Swarm Dicks fall off as oops, I bought a cards. Yeah, and not even just that. Like, I can't remember a time where we had an actual red-green elf deck, and they made a couple of red-green elves in this set. So that's even cool. Like, if you play elves, it's like this is the first time you get even a different way to play them. So, yeah, like, credit credit to the people on that design team because I, I think we got there. Like, and and it's like not I said, a legendary, so you can stack that bad boy. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're saying this, like I said, without even seeing the back third of the set or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I think this is going to be a good one. And it still leaves a lot of surprise for what we're even going to get in the Brothers War. Because we don't know how much of that's going to be connected or not or what that set's going to look like. So, pretty cool. And it's very fitting for a 30th anniversary set. Because that was my concern. is like, oh, we're going to get this trip to Dominaria as the 30th anniversary. Like, are we going to have enough throwbacks or whatever? But, like, you know, we got Dragon Whelps back. We got the Pain Lands. You know, stuff that, even in the artwork, there's some stuff that the artists have, like, newer renditions or callbacks to old cards or whatever. And that's pretty sweet. So, yeah, credit credit all around. Like, this is a very good product for a 30th anniversary set. Uh, we're running a little bit long, so why don't we skip ahead and talk about a very fun thing that we discovered this week. So if you aren't in content creation, or honestly, just use these platforms, one of the annoying things was that if you wanted to put anything on Instagram or on TikTok, you could only do it from your phone. And the messed up part is like, you would record something or edit it on your phone. You'd have to load it to some cloud service or like your your Google Drive or whatever. And then like, well, if, or if you're on your computer, you have to load it to your drive, then download it on your phone. Then use your phone to put it on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever. Do the hokey pokey. <laughs> Turn yeah. yourself about. Pretty much it felt like that because you're going through like three steps to be like, I just, I just have a video I want to share with people. Well, the cool part is I'd, I'd been thinking forever, like, why would you not allow people to do this? Because at the end result is they're getting more tools to edit things to make videos on your platform better. So why not let them do it? Turns out sometime in the last couple of weeks, they both have the ability to do it. So I now went on to TikTok and I just was like, huh, I wonder what this is. And I'm like, let me try to load a video. And it like popped up a thing, loaded the video and boom, it was ready to go. And it's even more convenient somehow when I shared a YouTube short it actually automatically loaded the title and everything. I was like, what is this sorcery? <laughs> and then I was like, well, if they did this on TikTok, obviously the competition's not going to let them get away with that. So let me go check Instagram. And I'll be damned if I couldn't do it on Instagram too, straight from my PC. So this comes back to when you're talking about do the work once, let it work for you twice. Now it gets even easier because while you're editing on your PC, you can literally just clip something out and share it everywhere now. That is huge. I'd like, such a game changer. I don't even think people... Hell, it's such a game changer. I don't even know if people realize that that's a thing yet. Because I know I talked to a couple of people and they were like, what? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, I know. Right? <laughs> like, This is why I'm telling you. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I don't know. Has that ever been a roadblock for you, Brian? Uh, not that, not that I'm aware of. It probably has happened to Tiz probably. I think Tiz probably at this point does more Instagram stuff than I do. Yeah. By the way, shout out 
to your lady because she's putting in some real work on y'all's family channel and it's right. paying off. Like, she absolutely I, is. Like I've seen y'all had a couple of videos pop off recently, so it's like, man, good on her. And and again, I want like just to sidetrack here. All these people that keep saying, well, YouTube never shares anything but the big channels and nobody ever gets discovered and it's too hard to make it now because it's too crowded. Not true. People do every day, literally every day. Like I'm in some different groups and discords where, where people are making it. So to just say it's not possible is not true. Like, I, and I, I told you before, like even last week, I think we talked about this. Like there were some discussions we had where people wanted to tell me, well, no, I know people who were doing everything right and they, they just can't make it on YouTube or whatever because of X, Y, Z. And every single one of them, I said, okay, cool. Why don't you show me their channel? They didn't either. They didn't produce a channel or the one they showed me was not what I would call good. And I was like, so we can't keep blaming the systems and the algorithms and whatever, because it's just not true. And I think your family and your wife's work are a good example of that. Because it's not like there aren't a bunch of vlog channels, there aren't a bunch of family vlogs and whatever there out there. Absolutely are. There's a, a a metric ton. <laughs> yeah, but y'all are starting to see some numbers move here recently. So it's like now, admittedly, that took a couple years, but now it's it's starting to move. So it's like my wife was one of those people, you know, you can do the coupons and things and come out with the store owing us money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But people will watch that, right? It's figuring out what people want, how to present it, perfecting your presentation over time, whatever. It's totally, totally doable. Hell, by the way, I'm coming up on 20,000 subscribers. That's a thing that I thought was going to be way out of reach. But, you know, I figured some things out. I'm doing stuff a little differently, and it works. People who literally told me, Oh, no, that's not going to work. Uh, nobody really wants to see it that way. Uh, the way you're setting it up is just going to cost you viewers. Have come back to me to get consultation from me. Like, I'm not even joking. This is true. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. But, like, that's real. You know, that I put in the work. I put in the research. I did all the things. I like, figured everything out. And people who were just set on, like, oh, well, this is the way you have to do it. And then if it just doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, finding something to blame it on. I'm like, well, because you did it that way is why it didn't work. As the prophet Mike Jones said back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all all own me. Yep. (laughs) By the way, man, I like talk about a dude who's done the most with the least. Like just dude, because seriously, you walk into any club and just go Mike Jones and you'll hear somebody across the club. Just Mike Jones. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even think that dude has had a hit in gosh damn 20 years. I don't know. It feels like it's been forever. By the way, if y'all don't know, like Mike Jones was the original like uh, DJ Khaled, like he says his name all the time, (laughs) right? Like every single song, like multiple times. Like he was that guy. And it's not even, you know, like DJ Khaled. Okay, there ain't very many Khaleds in real. Mike Jones is the most generic name you could possibly have. It is, though. But he turned it into a battle cry. I often wondered that. Like, why didn't somebody... Like, it ended up working out for him brilliantly. But I was, I'm sure a bunch of people suggested, like, nah, you got to get a rap handle, man. You can't just be Mike Jones. Yeah. Come on. I mean, you know, because even like Ice Cube had changed his name or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why would why would you keep Mike Jones? But if you're into that scene, though, ain't nobody, especially in the Dallas area, ain't nobody doesn't know who Mike Jones is. <laughs> well, all right, let's let's have a kind of an interesting conversation today on the dinner table. This one's a little bit lighter, but I do think it's a conversation worth having. And I don't know about you, Brian, but like. Well, you follow some other people on socials or whatever, but we see collaborations a lot. You know, I have some people who want to reach out for collabs, obviously, as I'm starting to grow a little bit. And it's always interesting to me when I approach people for projects or they reach out to me or whatever. And the first suggestion is, oh, we should play some games. And I started looking into other games, you know, card games and video games or whatever, And I've heard that's very common as well. That, like, for some reason, people's first thought is, oh, I get to work with this person. We should play some games against each other. 
and on like on the one hand, I get it if your content is about being the best and you're riding on like another top player and you want to challenge like especially if it's a 1v1 type game where you're doing like chess or something or whatever and this person's high ranked and you're high ranked and you want to show it like that makes total sense but if that's not really your brand what's the benefit to having that face off right because and this is my personal person and and i'll you know i'll let you chime in here in a second but like my perspective is i would rather learn more about that new person being invited into the space i normally watch right like if i'm watching some big creator and they invite somebody on their channel like i don't want to just see them play games i want to learn about why the person i watch thinks this person is important that why i should know about this person right if i go on somebody else like when i got to work with the professor it was Interesting. We literally like we shared a bunch of ideas on things we were going to talk about before I even went to visit. And it was, you know, let's talk about the mental health side of things since we're going to be locked down and not visiting our friends and whatever. Right. And let's have that conversation. And it felt important. It felt. You know, timely. And that was a much better. And honestly, I got a few people who went like, oh, man, I like this dude's perspective is really cool and blah, blah, right? They wouldn't have got that if we were just playing games. Like, don't get me wrong. You can socialize while you play, but it's not going to be the same type of conversation. So I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think there, there's different sides. Like, so obviously, like, we are people that like to go deeper. After the past 24 hours, suddenly I'm like, hey, maybe I should just play some games. But <laughs> <laughs> I think some people just say that they, they, they do more of the lighthearted. So, you know, they they, they, they just want to have fun, I guess, for lack of a but, better term. But that's the thing, though, right? I. As a different example, when I worked with uh, SBMTG, Dev over there is great, by the way, even though he's terrible about just calling me back to playing things. When we did that, we did like, okay, let's talk about, let's each pick like five sleepers in the set, you know, whatever. So like, we still did something that wasn't super serious. It's just like, okay, here's a card I'm really hoping is good for these reasons or whatever, right? And that was still a fun conversation. And people got to see... You know, my viewers went to his channel and like, oh, this dude, how, how did I not know this guy already has like 100,000 subscribers or whatever, right? So it was beneficial to both of us, and they got to see both people's personalities. Enough to where like his audience is trying to get us to work together again, which is funny. But I just feel like we're missing a lot of opportunities as gamers to just say, okay, let's default to just gaming. Like, And honestly, I'm going to say something that's probably going to sound really bad. But it feels a little lazy. They're like, you are getting somebody's, in in most cases, it's a smaller creator trying to work with a much bigger creator, right? So you're getting this person's time, who you know is already busy because they're a big channel. They do a bunch of stuff. That's how they make their money. And the one thing you're suggesting y'all do is like, let me set up some time so we can just play games. Now I get it if that's all your brand is. And, you know, let's say you're, a commander channel and that's all you do then like cool you you got to do the thing that you do you know what i mean like I, there's there's no way around that that's what your content is so i get it but if there's anything more creative more fun you should do like you should look at it as both a benefit to the big creator to bring them something different to their platform and then for you to like hey this is your moment to showcase yourself in front of a bigger audience because you know their stuff's going to get way more views than your stuff's going to get but I don't know. It just feels strange. And like I said, it's it's universal. I mean, we see it in a lot of games. And when I've asked people, it doesn't seem like there's a big, I don't know, like an exceptionally big want to just be like, yeah, let's have big creator battles. Matter of fact, I think I mentioned it before, like when on, on Facebook Gaming, they were going to do a big thing for, I think, like Black History Month or whatever it was. And a lot, honestly, unanimously, the creator said like, we don't want to do a tournament. Like that was just, let's do something else where we can showcase people and show personality and do whatever. Like tournaments all fine and good, but it's just a tournament. Like you're just watching us play and maybe we're getting to talk to the chat a little bit. Like that's not beneficial enough. So I think people that get it really know that you can do more than just play the games. But I also get it if that's just your brand. But I, I think... Especially if you're in the Discord or whatever, you're listening to this, or you know, you want to send a message over on on Twitter. 
if you are one of the people, or even if you're not, like, how do you feel about it? Like, do you want to see more creator battles? Or do you think you do learn a lot when it's some subject that's not just gaming or just playing each other? Because I, I think it's still, for as much content as there is out there, I think we're still in a large discoverability phase for people. You know, I feel like, and I'm using myself as an example, like even doing daily gameplay videos, my layouts are different. The way I present it is different, whatever. And we've seen that that can succeed. And we're starting to see some other people, which, you know, rightfully so, they see some stuff work for me and two or three other folks that they're starting to adopt some of that. So we're seeing some elements where people are proving different stuff can work. And maybe this is just another one of those those spaces. But Brian, why don't you show everybody where they can find you on socials? All right. I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is, uh, Daquan has mentioned, is Alan's Ever After. And hey, I guess if you <laughs> just want to play some games, you can shout me out. We'll figure out something to play with you, baby. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And man, I just want to say, really, take care of yourself and your families. Wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at colorofmtg. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 